Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka. Good day. My name is Evelyn Aka. I'm the founder and managing lawyer of Aka Business Immigration Law. We are based in Calgary, Alberta, and we have two offices in Toronto and Vancouver, Canada as well. I focus primarily on cross-border NAFTA immigration law for professionals as well as families and individuals looking to move to Canada or move to the United States. I would like to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka. Good day, everyone. I'm excited today to start a great new podcast interview in a few minutes. I just want to let you know as well that Canada is very much focused on keeping immigrants um, that are already in Canada who are under work permits or study permits to move them to permanent residence. So if you have any interest at all in express entry under Canadian experience class or provincial nominee program because you're already in Canada, please give us a call at ACA Business Immigration Law. Again, I'm excited to do this podcast. And I also wanted to say, if you're interested in spousal sponsorship, right now is a great time to be reunited with the person that you love. So please give us a call at 403-452-9515 if you want to be reunited with the person you love in Canada. Now, let's get started on our amazing podcast interview. I am excited today because I have the pleasure of welcoming my friend and colleague, Erin Cowling, to join us. Erin, welcome. Thank you for having me. Erin um, is the founder and president of Flex Legal, and they offer uh, legal services across the country in many different practice areas. And I thought it would be great to learn more about Erin as a lawyer and now as also as a business person like myself. What was your path to this? How did you get here? Tell me everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did not leave law school thinking, oh, I'm going to become a freelance lawyer and run a company and run a business. I, it's, it's, uh, was last thing I expected. I think a lot of law students leave law school thinking the only options are associate partner at a law firm and that there's no other you know, entrepreneurial ways to practice law or do something different with your law degree. Um, some people are a little more imaginative than I am because I, I did not think about that. But I started like most people. I summered and articled and was an associate at a large firm in downtown Toronto. Um, I basically fell there by default. I didn't know any lawyer before I started law school. I'm the first person in my family to go to university. And so people at law school were like, are you applying to Bay Street? I didn't even know what Bay Street was. <laughs> so I'm like, sure, I don't know. You need to know. <laughs> and and on a on a personal note, like my boyfriend at the time had just broken up with me. We had broken up, and I'm like, I want to get out of Ottawa where I went to law school. And I thought Bay Street's far enough away. This is perfect. So really, thank you to that ex boyfriend for breaking up with me. Otherwise, my path would have been uh, maybe very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I was an associate on Bay Street for about seven, eight years as a corporate commercial litigator. Mm-hmm. And then I left to go in, um, work at a private or um, a small estate litigation boutique. I was kind of under the impression that I didn't really want to work for corporations anymore as my clients. I thought I, I went into law school to help people. I want to get involved with people's cases yeah, wills and estates litigation, it's very, uh, how do I put this? It's a little traumatic. Yeah, <laughs> it's a I can most, imagine. Yeah. 
It's emotional. It's people fighting over their dead parents' money and the thought of just being yelled at all day. And like, it's not, you're dealing with people at their most kind of difficult times in their lives. And I was used to dealing with corporations where you're dealing with like in-house counsel and often the, the, the matter had to deal with money. And here it had to deal with a lot of long held emotional issues between family members. And I didn't really think that through. So I worked there for eight months and I tell people it was about seven months too long. Um, Not my personality mix. A lot of people love estate litigation and they, they get such joy from it. Um, As a highly sensitive person who is an empath, I just took on all of that Uh, emotion at the end of the day. And it just wasn't for me. So I quit that job without another job lined up. And I know a lot of people say that's a really bad mistake to make in a legal career, but sometimes you have to put your mental health over, you know, the bad mistakes. Right. So I was actually pregnant with my third child at the time. And I just, I quit because I needed to focus on getting my headspace back to where I could practice law again. And this is a long story of how I got to where I am now as a freelance lawyer. But um, as uh, as I was off, I I couldn't just I'm a busy person. I just can't sit on my hands and not do anything. So uh, I didn't think anyone would hire a pregnant lady, even though I know there's laws against that. But uh, I thought I would wait to look for a job until after I'd given birth. And, uh, but I wanted to do something. So I started picking up projects. I just called like little pieces of work from lawyer friends that I had who had started their own practices. So I was at that kind of stage where I was about 10, nine years out. So people were starting their own law firms. And so a friend was like, can you help me with this factum? I'm like, sure, I can do this. So at home, I was starting to help other lawyers with their overflow legal work. So it was drafting blog posts. It was drafting factums, anything litigation related. I was just picking and choosing. And the whole intention was just to do this as a kind of a stopgap measure until I was ready to go back and work full-time either on Bay Street or another law firm. And then when the time came to apply, I kept getting this feeling in the pit of my stomach going, I don't want to work the hundred hours a week. I don't want to work for someone else again. And So that's when I started freelancing and uh, I started my own freelance, my own personal freelance practice. I called it Cowling Legal Freelance. And I started working for other lawyers and law firms with the helping with their overflow legal work. Wow. I started that in 2012, 2013, and I got so busy that I was turning down work. So that's when Flex Legal, my current company, was born. Because I thought, why am I turning down work? There's probably other lawyers who want to freelance and there's obviously a need. Mm -hmm. Um, So we started with like three lawyers and we now have 48 freelance lawyers and 15 law clerks now. So, and we help law firms and lawyers all across Canada. And so thank you for that very fulsome (laughs) overview. (laughs) I like how detailed and specific you are. You're such a lawyer. I love I it. I am. I am. I just wanted to show the meandering path. It wasn't straight. It went this way and that way. Yeah, we all, when you look at our lives now that we're getting a little more mature, you look back and it's never a straight line, right? But it leads you to someplace better and, and different. And when you're ready, it comes. So what kind of practice areas does, does freelance legal provide? Um, yeah. Lawyer, like what kind of? Flex Legal provide? 
Yeah, we provide pretty much everything. Um, so our main, because I am at heart a litigator, our, our, for the first few years, our main practice was just in litigation. Um, but we have now added corporate lawyers and uh, estate lawyers and family law lawyers and everything. So um, yeah, it's a wide variety. We we try to help as much as we can. Any see, so our main our main clients or customers that reach out are law firms with that are like sole practitioners up to about 10 lawyers mm -hmm. and those type of law practice tend to do general law so we cover the bases family real estate litigation wills and estates so those are our main but we also have the other areas too that's great oh my goodness so for like a solo how would you provide support it would be like they're too busy they need help or yeah, so there seems to be two different ways people use our services. Mm -hmm. One is a solo who maybe has no intention of growing. They just, but they don't, so they don't want to hire a full-time associate or another partner, but sometimes they just get so busy. They just need occasional help. So we yeah. may have someone reach out to help with a factum and then we don't hear from them for six months. And then we help them with maybe a motion or an application. And then the other people who use us are people who are trying to scale their law practices but once again, they're not quite ready to hire a full-time associate, but they need regular assistance, maybe 10 hours a month or 15 hours a month. So they'll use one of our lawyers to help them scale their, their practice until they get to the point where they're ready to bring on a full-time lawyer. Oh, wow. That's a great idea. We have to talk. We're <laughs> expanding to other areas. So we'll have to talk after this. Um, so you've been doing this now for what, almost 10 years, 12 years? Uh, it's been wow. 2015, so six wow. six years. Yeah, ah, that's incredible. And so, how do you find your clients? How do they find you? What is that about? Is it mostly referral, or is it, you know, yeah. I'd love to hear that because you have to basically feed them all in some way, right? Not directly, but they're not full time. But you have to create the opportunities for them to do their flex legal work. Yeah. So Flex Legal, that's our job is business development. We go out there and we get the work for our freelancers. So at the beginning, Flex Legal was really a side hustle for me. I was still freelancing pretty much full time with my own clients and then trying to get in work for the other freelancers. So it was really kind of a side hustle that started out slow. And then like any good business idea, it just gets really busy. But the way I found people in the beginning um, was I just went through my network. So in Toronto, uh, I know a lot of lawyers. This is where we're based. So I would go to every single in-person networking event I could, obviously pre-COVID. Mm. Anywhere I knew lawyers were hanging out, I would go. And I found that was the best way to get people at the beginning. Because I feel like lawyers don't trust a lot of people. No, and we're if so they skeptical. Have... We're, exactly. we're totally to be skeptical. So... <laughs> And so if you're not a lawyer, they don't give you any respect on top of it, you know? No. So if if I could meet people in person and I feel like there's a connection, mm -hmm. then they, even if they don't hire Flex Legal, they would recommend us to other lawyers who would hire because they had that personal kind of connection. Yeah. So at the beginning, it was really a lot of in-person. Mm -hmm. And then I love to write. So I did a, a lot of writing because my budget for advertising and marketing was very small. I'd rather spend my time and writing articles and writing blogs, which was a free way yeah. um, to get the name out there. Um, now that we've grown, we, you know, we have a social media manager who helps us with that. I still do a lot of speaking. COVID has kind of put a little bit of a 
Mm -hmm. um, damper on those things. But uh, I, yeah, speaking on panels, speaking in front of lawyers as much as I can, because our, our target market is really just and other lawyers. lawyers. Other lawyers that need help. I think it's a great model because I think obviously as a business owner myself, you go through cycles. And sometimes, as you said, you're not ready always to commit, but it's scary. And then you're like, oh, what happens? And, you know, so I think it's a great niche because it, as you said, it allows people to scale up, Aaron, mm -hmm. but also not to feel the pressure of it that yeah. you have when you have full-time employees. So how does it work for the people that are the lawyers that want to join Flex Legal? How does that whole process work? How much do they work? Is it completely all up to them? Yeah, so flexibility is at the heart of Flex Legal. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, anyone who wants to apply to become a, a freelance member, we're members in a network, they're not employees of Flex Legal. Mm -hmm. uh, we like them to have at least five to 10 years of experience first um, because because of the nature of our practice, the freelance lawyers have to jump in on any file and just hit the ground running. The lawyers who hire us are too busy to do any kind of training. Mm -hmm. So we can't, while I do have a lot of new lawyers and new calls reach out, I just, it's just not suitable for this type of work that we do. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so they can just uh, apply. We uh, have a, an application process where the, you need a CV or an in-depth interview with me. We ask for writing samples and references and right. uh, then, and then, yeah. So when the project comes in, we send it out to the people who are experienced in that area and it's, if they don't want to take it on, they don't uh, have to. Mm -hmm. um, but on the flip side, like we can't guarantee work because it's not a full-time job. We do our best to do as much business development as possible, but uh, it's very flexible. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So, so for instance, some, who are the types of people, like, would it be, would it be stereotypically mothers, you know, people who want to work less and be home more or people that are more senior that kind of want to slow down? Like what, what is the kind of lawyer you have on your team? Yeah, it's such a variety. We actually, uh, gender wise, it's almost 50, 50. I would probably say it's 60, 40 leaning towards women, but not all the women have children. So it's really people who, for whatever reason, have something else going on in their life, whether it's it's children, whether they've taken time off to raise children and they want to ease their way back into practice, this is a good way to do that. Or like you said, those who want to wrap up, maybe they've closed their practice, but they're not really ready to give up law altogether. So they're like, send me a project a month. I know yeah. I'll do that. Other people we've had, people who've, who've been doing like a tech startup on the side and they don't, they still need a little bit of money now and again. Uh, so they use us or we have them as members as well. It's really just a variety of people who, for whatever reason, can't commit to a full-time law firm job. Great. Oh my goodness. I think it's incredible. It's a great model. I can't believe how big you've grown. So tell me about the clerks. How did they support your people? Like how, yeah. how did they work with you? Yeah. Same thing. So yeah, the, it, the clerks really just came about, I never had any idea of adding clerks to our network until clients just kept asking law firms are like, do you have legal assistance? Do you have law clerks? I really need someone. And I thought, well, if the, if the client's asking for it, let's see if I can find some. Mm -hmm. So same thing. It's, it's either law firms who don't have a need for a full-time law clerk, or maybe they're watching their budget. Mm -hmm. They'll reach out and they'll use our freelance law clerks, either for a one-off transaction. Let's say if their regular law clerk is on vacation, or they'll use our clerks for maybe 10 hours a month or whatever set amount or like 
for real estate transactions a month or something like mm. that. So they work under the supervising lawyer who's at the law firm and uh, everything's done remotely. And uh, yeah. Cool. Do you guys ever see each other? How do you keep them all connected? I mean, I think when you have a virtual business, especially now, how have you managed that to keep everybody engaged? Yeah. So in the beginning, um, when we really were based in Toronto, we would get together once a year and have like a meal and uh, it was a little easier. But now that we're all across Canada, it's a little harder. Um, We do do uh, CPD training for our our, uh, freelancers. So we do that about once a quarter. So we get we all get together on Zoom and we have a little session. Um, We do have a Slack channel or we had one, but we didn't find it was that active. So I don't know if we'll be implementing it again. Um, but really, yeah, it's, it's mostly some people are looking for that community mm-hmm. and others don't want, they just, they're just like, and it's probably one of the reasons why they're, they're drawn to freelancing. They just want to stay at home, put their head down, do their work and not talk to anybody else. And yeah. I don't begrudge them at all. So some people don't really want that community and others um, do. So obviously once a month we send out like a freelancer update. I give them some tips about freelancing and all that kind of stuff too. That's great. Oh my gosh. So what has been the biggest challenge for you as an entrepreneur, you would think, um, after doing it for as long as you've been doing it? Ah, uh, the uncertainty, the, um, I'm not someone who plans ahead, which maybe you probably should do when you're when you're in a business. I kind of just go with the flow and, and everyone's like, what's your quarterly projections? What are your plans? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but really, I, I'm getting much better at that. I'm getting like, I, I don't have a business background. My undergrad is in English lit and women's studies. So we didn't we didn't learn much about how to run a business in either of those courses. <laughs> and not in law school either. No, no, but that's changing, which is good. Um, I think, yeah, it's the uncertainty, but that's also adds the excitement to it. Yeah. I'm not getting that paycheck every two weeks when you're starting, you're like, I don't know when the money's coming in. And then just watching it grow to the point where you're like, wow, this is no longer a side hustle. This is an actual thriving business. And I birthed this baby. This is amazing. (laughs) That's exciting. So tell me, so I know you do lots of blogs and you won all these awards and you write a lot. I heard something about you've got this young lawyer service or something. What is that? Oh, where I'm, I, I provide uh, career counseling to yeah. young lawyers. How did you get into that? Yeah, so I... So I have a couple different ways. So I'm I'm the regional alumni advisor for the University of Ottawa. Um, that's an official position. So I provide career counseling for lawyers in their first 10 years of practice who have graduated from the University of Ottawa. Um, but then I found uh, lawyers who hadn't graduated from Ottawa were reaching out and asking for some career counseling, career consulting services from me too. So I thought, well, if the need's there and I... I might as well do that too. So I, yeah, so I do both. How did you find time for this with running a business, being a mom, being a wife? How do you find this time? I just, I I don't, (laughs) I don't. Um, And I I think we were were talking about this before we started recording, but I just hired a full-time person to help me run the business, which will help me free up some more time to do all this other stuff. Um, But it's all about scheduling and, I love those like technology and, uh, you know, I, I can, I have different Calendly links. So if it's yeah. a, if it's a career consulting, they get access to certain parts of my calendar and, yeah. you know, you know, all that stuff. I so love it. it. 
you managed your life. I love it. So, I mean, for me, the, do you do any lawyering still? Like, uh, lawyering or you, you replaced yourself? Very, no, not anymore. So as of um, June of 2020, I stopped actually lawyering because the business was, yeah. So I'm now working on the business instead of in the business, as they say. Yes, that is fabulous. That's huge. Do you miss it? Yeah, I have to say I have an identity crisis now and again because you've been a lawyer for so long. And so, so I, I'm still like a full, I'm fully insured. I'm still through the law society. Yes. Like I'm not, I haven't given up. I just haven't taken on anything lately. Cause a part of me is like, what happens if I want to take on one file and just do that? I, I still have that option, even yeah. though I haven't, but yeah, it, I, I do miss a little bit. I think it's smart too. I mean, I think that's my dream. So you are way ahead every year. I think I'm going to be done and then, you know, life happens, but I like the idea of, of that you continue to keep your license because I think it also gives you, as you know, lawyers need to be credible to sell to lawyers. And I think it's important, right? So I would never give it up unless you're like forever done. (laughs) And I can't say forever. I can't. No, no. So I mean, you probably see a lot with the law students. I love that you're you're seeing the lawyers that are moving through transitions in their lives. How has COVID, do you think, affected the legal profession and the lawyers that you communicate with? Yeah. At the beginning, when some students lost their summer positions and some articling students lost their jobs and even first-year associates were let go because I think no one knew what was going on with the pandemic, people law firms kind of freaked out. Like, are we still going to get clients? The work dried up in some areas of law. Um, So there was a lot of uh, helping with finding other law jobs, helping with networking skills, helping them kind of look outside the box for jobs. So there was a lot of counseling and, and coaching in those areas. I find now though, the market has picked up. There seems to be a real demand for certain, um, lawyers in certain areas. So I think there's there's uh, almost on the flip side where hiring is harder for the employers finding good talent in some areas. Um, and also, I think um, there, I don't know if you've, you've read about like the great resignation, there seems yes. to be, yeah, a lot of people, the pandemic has taught them, you know what, I don't know if I like where I am, I want to start all over and find a new job. So I think there's a bit of an upheaval in the legal profession right now as well. I think I totally agree with you, Erin. I think one thing that is good about the negative side, I guess, the, the bad part of COVID, what's turned out to be good is that lawyers, you know, who've been stodgy, and we're the slowest to advance, and you know, I've been worked at an accounting firm, and they're like, oh, the lawyers are behind us, and the professional services field, to see that they know now we don't have to sit at our desk until mm-hmm. 12 in the morning or 12 at night to show them that we're working. That yeah. whole concept of Bay Street, of you leaving your jacket and going to have dinner, and you go home and sleep and come <laughs> back, like the craziness, that just, if I don't see you, you're not working, is completely gone. And I think that in itself has just advanced lawyering, especially for women in law, families in law, people that have other interests that are also lawyers to show that work can get done wherever you want. And we've all had to adapt. Even the courts have had to adapt, you know. And so I think that's been really, really um, positive. Yes. And that has helped with my sales strategy with (laughs) Flexible because before the pandemic, 
<laughs> I had to really convince law firms that it was okay that these freelance lawyers weren't coming into the office. They'd yeah. be like, oh, I don't know. Can they really work from home unsupervised? And I'd be like, you know, they're mature lawyers. We can work from home. We have the technology. And now I don't even have that, have to have that conversation with anybody thinking of hiring our, us for our services. It's that great. Fabulous. Cause they get it now. I get it. They yeah. get it. Oh, it's a new world. So listen, I remember being honored to be on your podcast. Are you still <laughs> doing your podcast, Women Leading in Law? Or you yeah, so it was a, it was a blog, <laughs> it was a blog series, and yeah. no, I I did not. I've stopped doing that. I've actually, I think the this year, I'm not going to lie, was pretty stressful, and I think yeah. for a lot of us, for a lot of us, I had I had to kind of between balancing the kids at home for schooling mm-hmm. and the business taking off because it was so busy, and I, I, my practice before I gave it up. Uh, the writing and the blogs kind of fell to the side. So I decided to stop doing that. And once, you know, once things I'm, I'm feeling like a little bit more myself now, it's, it's taken a while, it may eventually come back. But yeah, I profiled 72 women across Canada who are practicing law in a variety of different ways. And I was lucky to have you as one of my uh, guest bloggers. That's so great. I really appreciate the opportunity because I was just, I was so impressed how far it went. Like people reaching out and I was like oh my goodness this woman is everywhere so I mean that in itself is creates this real network I mean that's how you and I've gotten to know each other through friends that also own their own businesses one that's similar to yours and another that's similar to mine and just feeling the need during COVID in particular when you're leading a business that's very isolating right and I think that's the one thing that as a leader what are you working on how do you besides our little group that we need to get back to more regularly. Um, how are you keeping from feeling isolated from a, an owner perspective? Because not like you can just go to a meeting necessarily and meet other executives or other business owners the way we might've before. Yeah. It's, I always envy in some ways I envy people who have business partners because you at least have someone else running the company with you and you can at least turn to them to help with any issues come up. But then a part of me is like, nah, I love being the boss. <laughs> it's hard. I'm part yeah. of that. I've been there. But you're right. It is, it is isolating when you're a solopreneur and you're, yeah. you're the only one and all the crap falls on your shoulders. Yeah. So yeah, over COVID, it's really been, yeah, our group and reaching out by email and, and our Zoom calls. And um, I belong to a couple of masterminds for um women business owners. And I participated in an accelerator program through uh, York University. So I got to know a lot of other uh, women entrepreneurs who were scaling their business. So that really helped too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's really about just finding those people that you can connect with and reach out to when you know, one of those days where you're just like, I just want to close it up. I just want to shut it all down and go work at Starbucks. That's it. <laughs> those are the days you get to get up and get out and get some fresh air and get it yeah. together. But oh my goodness, this has been so great. I mean, I love your business op, um, idea. I love the flex legal. I think the lawyers need to have more flexibility. And yeah. that's why I think a lot of women and people of color and others are have been leaving traditional Bay Street big firm because maybe there's not the same flexibility and men now, of yep. course, partners, they want flexibility to have their family life or their personal life. Um, so I think this is something that's going to just keep growing and growing, um, hopefully for you. And, and it's making me think about how people practice differently. And even for staffing, how mm-hmm. to, 
to provide opportunities for that. Mm-hmm. Do you do any coaching at all for the law firms that you work with on top of all the other things you do to help make the transition working with someone on your team as you know seamless? Are yeah. You- so I, actually that's one of my next projects once this, so <laughs> I, I have been doing like one-on-one when somebody reaches out and they're working with a freelancer for the first time, I give them some, um, ideas on how to delegate. It's hard to delegate, you know, there's some things, but I want to actually produce something, either a video or a booklet or something to help. So it's not just me uh, doing it all. And you seem to have this down great. You have all this, these processes in place that I still haven't quite got there yet. Oh, it's a constant work in progress. I mean, we have videos up the wazoo, but if you're not watching them, you know, and the same with manuals up the wazoo, but the yeah. staff need to read them, you yeah. know, and so it's, 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 it's not easy. And um, no. I really, really appreciate, you know, you taking the time. I know you're busy, but I just wanted to make sure we could highlight Flex Legal. I think that it's a fabulous thing and I'll make sure my networks learn about you. So you do all across Canada, nothing in the U.S. yet. You haven't taken over the U.S. No. <laughs> and in terms of technology and everything, you provide all of that support or... Yeah, so often the law firms want to use their own technology, so the freelance lawyer will use whatever, because they're very particular about what programs they use, so yeah. Perfect, okay, good. Um, And so is there anything else you want to share about you, Aaron Kelling, or Flex Legal, or where you're going in the next two to five years? What's next? What's next? No, it's just now focusing on growing this company now that it's an actual company, like I said, and not a side hustle, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to speak to anybody who either wants to hire one of our freelancers or is interested in becoming one of our freelancers, they can definitely reach out and uh, we can help with that. I'm going to call you. (laughs) I think so. You've got some great things to offer um, for for solopreneurs and small to medium law firms and even maybe big firms because they're having some crazy litigation. So, I mean, I think you really meet a need for all different practice areas. Do you do in-house as well? Yeah. So we work, we work for corporations, but only if they have an in-house legal department. So if it's a corporation without counsel, then we don't, but it's, yeah. That makes sense because they need that corporate background to be able to be successful in what they're doing. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I really appreciate your time. Um, And I look forward to seeing you grow and expand and be better than ever. I really appreciate the support, especially during the last 18 months of COVID to have gotten to know you better and our ladies group. And I look forward to lunching and seeing you soon. Yes, in person, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. I hope the information was valuable to you. Please do let me know if you have any questions. You can reach us at akalaw.com, A-C-K-A-H-L-A-W.com, or you can contact us by phone at 403-452-9515. Have a great day. Thank you.